Today we're live. Noah Rubin and I are going through all of the action so far, the action that's happening while we're talking and what games are coming up. This is Fantasy Basketball International. This is Balls Deep. Welcome to the Balls Deep podcast, part of the Fantasy Basketball International Podcast Network. Today's episode is brought to you by Fantrax, the number one fantasy sports platform on the planet, our preferred platform. If you're in any of our leagues, you know that we use it and have used it for years and years. And if you would like to switch your league, you still can. Uh, You can transfer your league over to Fantrax or jump in there for next year. Reach out to us, reach out to Fantrax. Uh, It does make fantasy a whole lot more enjoyable. We're going to get straight into this. I'm going to bring in Noah Rubin. If he's finished blurbing, Noah, let me take you off mute and then you can talk. How are you? I'm uh, doing well, all things considered. I don't know if anybody in here watching is a college football fan. I have my UGA shirt on. We just lost for the first time. Ended our 29-game winning streak, which is something to boast about, but the loss sucked. Uh, So aside from that, doing well. Uh, Like you said, just finishing up blurbing the uh, Charlotte game uh, where they lost to Minnesota. Uh, Fun day of basketball. I know we're going to be talking about all that, so. Uh, we are. I've just got sirens going off in the, the background here. <laughs> Who knows where they're going? Um, yeah, so look, this is we're debuting. This is obviously the first time we've done this kind of show. Uh, there's games happening as we're talking. Um, we're going to start by just going through the box scores from the two early games. Uh, now we'll bring up my screen and let's see. And we will be taking questions as well. Uh, we have got a few questions sitting in there, uh, which is great. Love questions. Um, Although a couple, a couple of them are, are just from Mitch, who's watching along, which is good to see. We'll start with the first game, um, which was early for me, 8 a.m. for me, this one started. Uh, Warriors and the Clippers. Warriors were out by 22 or 23, I think. It was a pretty sizable lead, and the Clippers rallied back to, uh, to take it by a point on a Paul George three-pointer with a few seconds to go. Um, Look, I think the interesting thing here, Wiggins was out, Saric started, Moody started, uh, Looney shifted to the bench. Anything, like, are you, do you think this is something that sticks? Are they going to look at Moody over Wiggins? Because, I mean, Wiggins was was out, but he hasn't been good. And and are they going to look to change things up a little bit? I don't know. Uh, I think some teams, maybe you could say that, but Steve Kerr seems to be kind of sticking with his guys. I mean, even when Clay Thompson has struggled, I mean, I know it's the difference between Clay Thompson and Andrew Wiggins and what they've done, very different, but they're going to stick with what they have. I think that Andrew Wiggins is going to continue to start when he's healthy, but when he's not, I mean, he, the injury was his finger, which he slammed a car door on, and that's why he hasn't been able to play the past two games, which is just sums up what kind of season it's been for him. So it kind of sucks in that way, but Moses Moody has definitely taken advantage of the opportunity I think that there is a chance. I just don't think that it will happen. I think Andrew Wiggins is going to continue to start. 
through all of the struggles. Uh, and what about Looney to the bench? Was this just a matchup thing, do you think, uh, by moving Saric in as the starting centre? Was this sort of just because they're up against the Clippers? Um, or or is this something that sticks? I mean, Chris Paul is out for a little while. We don't know how long. Um, so Saric is someone that I picked up about two weeks ago and I've held him. He's been sort of up and down. He was pretty good last game. Didn't do a lot this game, only played 19 minutes. Um any sort of longevity in his value here at the moment, or, or is this more of a just a spot start again? I think it was just kind of a spot start. The Clippers are always a strange matchup because they have Zubats and they have Daniel Tice, but they're not going to play either of them big minutes, and neither of them is going to kind of dominate down low to the point where they have to have Kavon Looney mirroring minutes or anything like that. Like Saric was fine against Zubats. Um, and even looking at the minutes, Saric only played 19, Looney played 18, so... I don't imagine that this is something that's going to stick. It may just be matchup dependent. I think that we see Looney back in the starting unit, I guess, depending on who their next matchup is, if we could look at that. Yeah, I'll let, let you look that up. Yeah. Um, yeah, so look, I mean, if you look at their other guys on the Warriors side, Curry, pretty quiet night, actually, 22 points, but the 11 assists are nice. Um, four of nine from three, pretty inefficient for him. Seven of 18, it's not terrible, but... Uh, not sort of Steph Curry-like. rest of the guys sort of just did bits and pieces. Uh, Draymond Green, gee, 21 points from him is about a month's worth. Um, I think he hit four threes in the first quarter, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, which was a career high. Um, yeah, look, I, I don't. he might not hit four threes for the rest of December, so I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't be counting on this. Uh, if you do have Green, it's a nice bonus. I thought Moody looked pretty good uh, in his time on the court. He played 31 minutes. And and what's interesting, I suppose, is something that the fantasy community has been on to, I suppose, for a little bit, is that um, Moody should be ahead of Kaminga in the rotation. It does look like he's moved ahead of Kaminga. Uh, I've been a bit higher on him than Kaminga. So that'll be interesting to see what his role looks like with Wiggins back and if they do move Looney back into the starting lineup, could he still play 26 minutes a night? Do you think 28 and, and maybe have some 12 team value? Ah, uh, it kind of depends on the rest of the injuries. Cause he's also benefiting from Chris Paul and Gary Payton uh, junior being out of the lineup as well. Um, so both him and Podziemski have been seeing some extra minutes. Uh, he hot or Podziemski played 36 uh, in this game as well. So both of them, benefiting from other injuries. But I think when everybody's kind of healthy, you're not going to see anybody coming off the bench playing 26 minutes per game other than maybe Chris Paul. Yeah, I do. Th- and, and I think, I don't know if they've released a timetable for Gary Payton, but I mean, a torn calf, that that's going to be a month at least. I'm thinking six mm-hmm. weeks, maybe two months. Um, if, if it's a full tear, then yeah, it's, he's done for the foreseeable future. Uh, if we shift over to the Clippers side of things, they started off pretty slow in this one, but but sort of got hot in the second half. Fairly standard games from Paul George, James Harden, Kawhi Leonard. They were all really good. Terrence Mann, uh, as projected, look, he's going to be very up and down. He's going to start, but his minutes are, are not start as minutes necessarily. Uh, Norm Powell had 12 points off the bench. Interesting here that Daniel Tice played 21 minutes while Zubats played 22, so that that sort of minute split continues there with those guys. Tice has looked really good uh, in that backup role. Is Zubat someone that you would consider dropping in a 12-team league? I haven't really seen him popping up on any waivers, but 
if they're going to split these minutes and, and he's going to sort of be 20 minutes, 25 minutes, does he do enough to warrant holding? Um, I don't he's worth a hold. I still have him in industry pickup. I don't know if you or how much you remember from us doing the draft. Um, I specifically said I do not want to draft him, but I need somebody that can grab some rebounds. And even when his minutes are limited, he's okay at doing that. Like he 22 minutes, seven boards in this game. If he's playing normal starting center minutes, say like 32-ish, 30-ish, he's probably getting the double-figure rebounds. So the rate is good. The minutes obviously kind of limit his upside. The point to me is that, hey, I mean, he even got three blocks this game. The blocks have been pretty good this year, I think around one and a half per game. So you're getting those two stats and then a high field goal percentage. So that's not going away even with the minutes limited, and you weren't really relying on him for much else. So I don't think he's – worth dropping at this point but i mean there's there's no upside there at all and before we move to the next game just one last guy that i want to touch on is westbrook um 18 minutes in this one 8.6 rebounds two assists and a block um he hit a couple of threes you don't rely on him for that he is someone that i think can be dropped do you agree yeah he has been a little bit better over their last uh two or three games like the numbers have been better than the first few after he moved to the bench but he is somebody that i'd probably be totally comfortable dropping at this point so i'll bring up some questions and then we'll move to the next game um so a couple of these came in last night we've got a couple that are coming today uh what order would you have so nine cat head-to-head i'm assuming this is a standard kind of league kobe white kelly Oubre, andrew wiggins uh my order there would be Probably Kobe White. It's probably that's probably the order actually. Uh, White, Ubre, Wiggins. I definitely have White first. I just think he's been really good the last two weeks. And if the Bulls are going to tear things down, which it's trending towards, they might. Uh, if, if common sense prevails, would you any sort of different thoughts from you there, or, or is that order the right order? I think, and it may be a little bit of my personal bias coming into play, but it would be Kobe White, Andrew Wiggins, Kelly Oubre. I'm just still going to be an Andrew Wiggins believer for probably at least a few more weeks, unless he just continues to be awful, in which case then I might abandon ship, but I have him in most of my leagues. Uh, I mean, I'm sure you've heard my rant from the preseason about how good he was to start last season and then injuries, and then just hasn't worked out the same this year. So it's been disappointing. I'd still take Wiggins over Oubre. But Kobe White definitely first. I think, like you said, Chicago should blow it up finally. Should. Uh, should. And Kobe White's even been just awesome with the last handful of games. So I think that he gets another bump if they trade away some of their scores. So uh, Now, this one is a deep league, uh, which is good. If What order would you have these guys? Biombo, Vanderbilt, Tillman, uh, and Goga Batadze rest of season. Two center leagues, so that you've got to factor that in, so you do need two centers. Tillman and Vanderbilt are in the IR spot. Um, yeah, look, I think, I think my order would probably be... I think Biombo might be first... Be, um, Biombo, Tillman, Vanderbilt, Goga. I don't. Th- I think once um, Wendell Carter's back, I don't think Goga really has much value. Um, he'll have spot value when they need his defense, but I think if we look at what they did in the first couple of weeks when Carter was healthy, it was Mo Wagner that was playing majority of those backup center minutes. So I think they'll go back to that. Goga will be called upon from time to time. 
Uh, Vanderbilt, I'm just not sure what what his role is going to look like um, in LA. Uh, what are your thoughts here? This is this is a little trickier than that last one, I think. Yeah. So uh, just to start, Vanderbilt is going to make his season debut tonight, so we'll get a good indication of kind of what his role looks like with the Lakers this year um, in this game, or at least over the next handful of games. I kind of want to say that the order it's in right now is fine for me. Uh, Biombo has been starting and Tillman just came back. I think Tillman did end up having a pretty good game uh, last night, posted some solid value across the board. Goga, like you said, as soon as Wendell Carter's back, his minutes are going to kind of go away. Even in their last game, uh, Mo Wagner had a really good game. I think the minutes are pretty close to a split. So his upside goes away when Carter Jr.'s back. So I'm pretty okay with the order it is right now. I would consider Tillman over Vanderbilt. Um, just kind of have to see how the power forward minutes shake out. Because Torian Prince has been starting, but now Rui Hachimura and Vanderbilt are back um, tonight. So it'll be kind of interesting to see how everything plays out. All right, another one. Uh, then we'll jump into that next game. And this is not really one that's to do with anything that's happening at the moment, but what's the best way to find other fantasy players to join a league? I'd say just come to, come to our Discord server. Um, where it, we've got like three and a half thousand people in there. Um, and if, yeah, look, I mean, if, if like I'm always, if I'm asked to join a league late, I'll always consider it. It'll depend how many I've got. But I think <laughs> if you come our Discord, um, there'll be people there that'll be willing to jump into a league or um, might have a spot in their league for you to go, go into. Because, yeah, public leagues uh, aren't aren't fun. I'm not in any public leagues. I haven't been in any public leagues for years um, just for that reason. You don't know who you're up against. You don't know whether they're committed. Um, and, and so it's really hard to know what to expect. Uh, let's go to the next game, which was the Timberwolves and the Hornets. Um, so I actually managed to watch most of this game. Timberwolves got out to a big lead early. Hornets pulled it back, um, sort of battled late in the last quarter. And the Timberwolves just got over the line, just just their skill, Carl Anthony Towns, Mike Conley was really clutch, um, and the Hornets not having LaMelo there, I think, impacts them. Uh, for the Wolves, as I said, Conley, another pretty good game, 14 and 10, uh, 7 of 8 from the line. Doesn't really get you a lot on the defensive end, but he's like a top 80 player this season. He was someone I was really targeting late, uh, and I think he's been good. Rudy Gobert, 26 points, you're not going to get that from him. Uh, very often. Um, Carl Anthony Towns, he's been good all season. He was good again tonight. Obviously, no Anthony Edwards here meant we saw some extra minutes. Uh, Nas Reed, this is what he can do. He can score points in a hurry, 23 in 24. And they actually played uh, the three centres together in the last quarter in this game. So that's that's interesting. Um, Kyle Anderson, the day after I drop him, he goes out and has probably <laughs> in about a month, 11, 6 and 4 with two steals. And he's been dragging my free throw percentage down, and he went seven of seven. So I was watching it and go, what are you doing, dude? I, I dropped you because you were like 65% from the line, and he goes 100% on, on seven. So anything here for you, like in terms of of ads, pickups, drops from the Wolves, or, or it's it's pretty much as it has been the rest of the most sort of the season to this point? Yeah, it looks like Kyle Anderson took you dropping him personally, wanted to show you that he was still deserving of a roster spot. Hopefully the message got through to management. Maybe he can get picked back up or, or find a team somewhere else. But um, no, I mean, 
Anthony Edwards being out obviously changes kind of the way this whole team operates. You know, you're not getting his scoring. You're not getting his defense. Nikhil Alexander-Walker was awesome in their last game, was pretty disappointing in this one after, what did he have? He had like five steals, I want to say, in that game, um, as well as like seven boards, five assists, something like that. Um, So, yeah, he was disappointing. He isn't necessarily a guaranteed hit when Ant is out as not that last game was an indicator that it was a guarantee, but it was uh, kind of disappointing that he wasn't able to do much. Rudy Gobert is going to score 26. Like you said, Nas Reed's usually going to be good when he's moving into the starting lineup, not necessarily going to score this much when he's coming off the bench. So for Minnesota, I don't think there's really any takeaways from this game because the moment Anthony Edwards comes back it, it changes this team's entire dynamic. Yeah, I think so. Look, I mean, while Edwards is out, maybe you look at Anderson, maybe you look at Reed um, as speculative sort of short-term guys, but but nothing long-term here. And, mm-hmm. and I mean, look, this comes against the Hornets, who they have Mark Williams, who's a good centre, but he's young. He's not necessarily a – you wouldn't call him a defensive juggernaut or anything like that. So mm-hmm. Gobert getting 26 and Carl Anthony Towns getting 28 sort of highlights that. Right. Uh, on the Hornets side, Rozier, look, he's he's going to be starting at point guard for the foreseeable future, so his assists are going to go up. Um, his efficiency will be up and down. He wasn't terrible here. Uh, Miles Bridges continues rolling along. He's like a top 30 player, I think, since he came back. So we knew he'd be good. We knew he'd be someone that you have to roster. Um, Haywood was decent here, 17, 2 and 3 with two steals. Brandon Miller... He needs to be added while um, mm-hmm. while the Millow's out. Mark Williams, he should be rostered anyway. PJ Washington is probably the guy that that warrants the most discussion because I get questions about him. Should I drop him? Should I not drop him? Uh, he's really good some nights, like this night, 18, 7, and 5, with a block and four threes. And then next game he'll come out and shoot like 2 of 12 and, and finish with five points and four rebounds. So is Washington someone you think we need to be holding at the moment? Um, at least until LaMelo's back. He's a guy that I still have rostered, and I think it's more just I burned a relatively, I think like an eighth or ninth round pick on him, so I don't really want to drop him quite yet. But the upside's kind of gone with Miles Bridges back. Um, He has been kind of filling out the backup center minutes recently uh, because Nick Richards had been out with a concussion. Uh, Richards was back in this game, but he only played nine minutes. P.J. Washington played 30. Mark Williams played 29, so obviously there was at least 10 minutes without either Mark Williams or Nick Richards on the floor. So still kind of leaning, Steve Clifford has still been kind of leaning to PJ Washington for backup center minutes. I don't think you drop him yet, but you know, when LaMelo comes back, I think that there is a few less minutes. And if they start using Nick Richards as the true backup center minute split with Mark Williams, it's kind of like a 29, 19 thing that takes away pretty much all the upside that PJ Washington has. So just kind of a crappy situation for him, barring some sort of trade at the deadline. It's, I don't think he's going to repeat top. I think he was around just outside the top 100 last year. I don't think he gets to that again. All right. So we've got some live games going on, but I'll just pop up questions to get these, get through these questions. Uh, yep. This wants to pop up for me. All right. There we go. Uh, so next week, interesting week, obviously. Um, it's the There's only two games for, for most teams. It's the in-season tournament finals. Uh, 
what do you think about streaming next week? Like, it's going to be hard because we've got high, really high volume days. Um, for me, I'm sort of just going to roll through the week and not worry too much about streaming or anything like that. That's why we didn't do a streaming show yesterday with Mike Fiddle. Um, so, yeah, look, I mean, for you, is there value in looking at streaming next week? Have they actually? I'm just checking if they've got the full schedule released for next week. I know. They Obviously, do, yeah. they won't have the. They're not going to have the fine, the uh, semi-finals and the final of the in-season tournament yet. Uh, but those games don't count. So, I, yeah, I don't know. What What are your thoughts on on next week? Yeah. So obviously, it's Monday and Tuesday. There's two games on each day with just in-season tournament like teams that have advanced. Wednesday will be everybody that didn't advance. Thursday will be the teams that won on Monday and Tuesday. And then Friday will be the same teams on Wednesday, plus the teams that lost on Monday and Tuesday. Yeah. And then Saturdays won't count. Sunday, no games. So there could be value if there's somebody on the waiver wire, but I it, I can't think of anybody that might be kind of like teetering on the waiver wire that would be able to provide value in those games. There could be instances of that, but I don't think it's worth selling out and dropping somebody that, you know, it's probably worth rostering over the course of the season just to have some games played on that day, especially because, you know, if they lose on Monday or Tuesday and then play on Friday instead of Thursday, there's no upside there. Plus the teams yeah. that you're playing against that have, for example, with this one, LeBron, Giannis, Brandon Ingram, Jalen Brunson, they're playing on Monday and Tuesday. Yeah, that's a huge benefit, but still everybody's only playing two games. So unless you have really, really deep rosters and can fill out, a lineup on Monday and Tuesday and a lineup on Wednesday and Friday, then that's probably the only like massive benefit that is just totally going to change the dynamic of this. So a lot of it depends on the way that your rosters are set up in your league. Yeah, I, th I think so. It's, it's going to be a weird week. It's going to be um, a big focus on the in-season tournament and, and those games. So yeah, as I said, I'm not worrying too much about it. If take the loss take the win uh, and just move on. Um, Mitch has popped in. Man, my internet's slow today. Uh, Mitch has popped in. Let's go Celtics. I know he's a Celtics fan and he wants to know what jersey I'm wearing if this ever pops up here. Come on in. Internet, what are you doing? This is really slow. Anyway, I'm going to show uh, what jersey when when we're moving i bet you my son is watching netflix <laughs> come on it's moving on my screen it is so frozen sad. from your end too no i'm able to it's it is it freezes up yeah, but it, i'm able to see you uh moving so if you show the number yeah yeah, I can't see me moving. Anyway, I'll stand up and we'll see. So it is, if you can see it, it's a Blake Griffin jersey from last year. Um, I bought it when I was over in Boston uh, nice. for two, well, three reasons. Alex Reclean talked me into it because uh, he bought one as well. Uh, it's number 91, which is the That's number your, that I like, obviously. That's the number in my Twitter handle. Um, and it was $20. So oh, okay. three reasons. Okay. Uh, yeah, so, so the he's third one's justifiable. Yeah, yeah, $20. I wasn't <laughs> going to buy it. Um, I, I had no intention of buying it when I went in 
geez, my screen's just gone black now. <laughs> Locked me out completely. At least my voice is still working. I think it's still working. Yeah. Anyway, I can Your hear voice you, is still so. working. All right. Um, so, yeah, so it was $20. It was on a clearance rack at the back of the store. Uh, they happen to have my size. It's an authentic one, so it's got the, the Vista print oh. um, thing on it. So it was like 100 I don't know what they cost, $160, something like that for, for normal something jerseys. Like so 160 down to 20 felt like a bargain. Um, yeah, so hard to say no. So I thought I'd just have to wear it at least once on the show. Um, yeah. I don't know if my screen's even coming back here. It's still black. <laughs> and it looks like we totally lost Kingy. Um, I guess we'll just keep going live until maybe he gets back in here. But I'll share my thoughts on the uh, the Blake Griffin jersey. I think it's totally worth it for $20, despite Mitch saying it's $20 too much. I'll pull that up. This is my stream now. $20 too much. I think it's worth it because I think it's hype to have Celtics legend Blake Griffin uh, to have his jersey, even if you know there are 10,000 better players that have played for the Celtics. Um, yeah, so Adam has had kind of the rest of this planned out. So I'm just going to go through some of the questions until he can hopefully – get his uh stream back working his wi-fi back working um so this next question was how did you how would you rank the following waiver wire ads scoot henderson patrick williams hula bali and santi altama 12 team head to head nine cat redraft Ooh, this is uh this is a lot of guys that aren't super exciting to me and my to me um you know, well, excuse me, Scoot is exciting, but he's just been very disappointing so far. Patrick Williams has been a little bit better recently. Um, over the last two games or so, he's provided pretty solid value, been able to start recently. So I like him more than I did, say, earlier in the season. Um, Koulibaly, I think, uh, had three steals in their last game, starting to see some more minutes. So it's kind of hit or miss for him because he's a rookie. Aldama... I'd have to pull up the numbers to be able to look at that and just clarify before I make any concrete statements about how I feel about him. But he has been coming off the bench. Okay, now that I have it here, uh, 17 points, 12 rebounds, three assists, a steal and a block in their last game, played 33 minutes. A lot of that was a product of Jaron Jackson Jr. being in foul trouble. So I don't really see that being kind of a season-long ad or even like that was just kind of a one-game thing. Uh, as Adam is now back in the show, I've just been, I haven't given a definitive answer, but I wrapped up the Blake Griffin thing, talked about how <laughs> great it was. And now we're talking about uh, these four players, Scoot, Patrick Williams, Bilal Kulabali, and Santi Aldama, and how we'd rank them. Uh, so I'll, I'll ask you, since I've kind of just given my evaluation of each player without actually ranking anybody, how would you rank these four players? Uh, rest of season, um, I think I'd have Scoot first because uh, I think he will – there'll be a time when he's probably top 70. I don't know when it'll be. He's probably going to be rough for a bit, but I, I think he's got the clearest path to minutes and the most upside. Um, oh, Then it's probably tough. I think I'd have Aldama last because I think once Jar is back um, and once Marcus Smart is back and I just – I'm not sure his role will be very consistent. I think maybe I'd have – Koulibaly next, um, just because Pat Williams is, I don't know, he had a chance at the start of the year and he didn't do anything with it. He has looked better the last couple of games, but I'd, 
I'd have Aldama last, Scoot first, and probably interchangeable in the middle. I think maybe it's maybe it's Williams now, and then maybe in two months it's Koulibaly. Yeah, I like that. I think that I actually might have Patrick Williams first. Santi Aldama is definitely last for me. Um, I'm not a huge Patrick Williams guy, but he's had the opportunity recently, and Chicago is going should blow it up at some point, uh, which I think helps him out, gets him some more opportunities. Scoot has just been pretty disappointing to me. Um, it's going to come at some point. It just depends on whether it happens in February or if it happens this month, when. So it's a matter of when, not if. Um, but really quickly, Devin Booker was just uh, cleared to play uh, tonight against Memphis. So I guess that's the uh, benefit of us doing this live is that we're able to react yeah. as it happens. And anybody that's tuning in can get that news at the same time as us. So what do you think? Devin Booker's back, Eric Gordon's out, which means book should slide right back into the uh, starting lineup only ends up missing one game. Uh, what are kind of your thoughts on book being back? Yeah, look, uh, yeah. I mean, hopefully he can stay healthy. I, I don't have him anywhere, but he seems like he's been in and out, in and out with, mm-hmm. with different injuries. So um, hopefully, hopefully he can just get out there and get some games under his belt. Um, Eric Gordon, he's out with a knee thing, I think, from memory. Yes. Uh, so this could be more of a uh, a back-to-back kind of precautionary. He's old deal. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been really good this year. Uh, yeah. I, I picked him up in a couple of leagues, and so I think you do, you hold him. Don't go and drop him um, just because he's out with a knee injury, because this could be more of a game management, load management kind of thing, but. Uh, in terms of Booker, yeah, look, let's hope that he can stay healthy because he's been really good uh, when he's on the court uh, this season. Um, I'm just going to see if my computer can handle this load here and uh, and bring up the box scores from the live game. So Cavaliers and Pistons. I actually talked about this game when I thought we were still live and I was just talking to myself. Um, <laughs> The so just I mean their their starting lineup is curious. Uh, again, they moved Jaden Ivy back into the starting lineup alongside Cade and Killian Hayes. Can you make sense of what they're doing in Detroit? Is, is this just <laughs> like because I've got a Sar in a few leagues? I had Jaden Ivy, but then I, I dropped him. Um, what yeah? What's going on here? Is Asar Thompson in the like in the doghouse for some reason? I don't know. Even before uh, Bojan Bogdanovic came back, which is his first game back, um, Monty Williams had talked about, you know, not being clear or if we're starting Isaiah Stewart or Asar Thompson alongside Bogdanovic. And obviously that just didn't happen uh, in this first game back with Asar coming off the bench and Killian Hayes starting instead of Bojan. So just, just a strange thing, but I don't think anybody can really make sense of what's going on exactly in Detroit. I imagine Monty Williams is going to try a bunch of different looks to try and see what works. Um, it seems like, I mean, the first few games, it was like, oh, hey, maybe this is Detroit's year to kind of break out. But it, the past, however, what, 15 in a row, it hasn't been that way. So at this point, it's like, okay, it's another season heading back to the lottery, probably, um, unless they're able to have some magical turnaround. So who is here long-term? Is it Jaden Ivey? Is it Killian Hayes? I think we kind of saw this at the end of last season where it was uh, Jalen Duren out. So Marvin Bagley and James Wiseman were seeing a ton of minutes. And now it's, okay, it wasn't actually because they were trying to see who was their starting center. It was because they were trying to see if either of them had any value. It wasn't that they were playing them over Jalen Duren. So 
I think this is just kind of a case of you can't hold on to Cade, Jay Nivey, and Killian Hayes. Let's kind of see how this thing works, maybe. Um, try a few different rotations, see if having three ball handlers on the floor works out. I'm not saying the experiments make sense or they're what I would do, but it seems to me that they're just trying to see what works and that maybe after five years, something will work and then they'll be back. But it's uh, it's not pretty in Detroit. No, it is not. No, and And you're right. They looked like the first few games, they looked competitive. They looked like they were going to be not a not a good team, but maybe not the worst team. But mm-hmm. as you said, since then they've they've lost like fifteen in a row. Um, yeah, look, I I don't really know. I think I think if you have a czar, you just have to hold him and and see what his role turns into. Um, Boyan Bogdanovic, uh, obviously making his season debut tonight. He's got eleven points in thirteen minutes. Is he someone that you're adding? Um, if you obviously he's very uh, one dimensional or, or two dimensional, I suppose, in terms of what he brings uh, from a fantasy perspective, points and threes. Is he someone that that you'd pick up if you need those uh, production in those categories? Yeah, I actually looked. He's not really on the waiver wire in any leagues that I'm in, which kind of prevented me from getting him anywhere. I do have him, I think, in at least one or two dynasty leagues, though. Yeah, he'll give me points and threes, probably a good free throw percentage, things like that. But like you said, pretty one one to two dimensional, depending on how you look at it. Um, yeah, I would pick him up just because he is probably the best scoring option in Detroit and should be one of the few players that's guaranteed to get minutes, um, even if he's not going to give you much across the board. Yeah, and on the Cavs side here, um, another slow start. I was watching the start of this game. Garland was was pretty off to start the game. He's been a little bit up and down this season, I, I know, because I've got him and yeah, it's been frustrating, but again, not much you can do. There's no point trading him away. Um, Max Struess has been really good and solid again tonight um, in, in his time. Yeah, look, there's not not a lot changes from night to night um, for the Cavs. We know who their fantasy guys are. There's not a lot of streaming um, other than maybe Karis LeVert when he's healthy. Uh, he goes through, as we know, he has periods where he's a top 50 player and then he's outside the top 200. So very inconsistent. Um, it's sort of any interesting news there for the for the Cavs, for you? It's They're a pretty predictable team for me. Yeah, very. you kind of know it's the five that are in the starting lineup that are the main producers of value. And then from time to time, it'll be a different guy off the bench. Um, RIP the Craig Porter Jr. minutes. He was really good there yeah. for a little bit. It looks like on your box score, he has four minutes played and they foul in this game. So it's nowhere near the level of production uh, from a handful of games ago, but kind of discouraging to see him just flat out get taken out of the rotation. So hopefully he's able to work his way back in, but not much fantasy upside there. No. Uh, on to this next game. This was a, a pretty weird one. Mikhail Bridges had 26, I think, in the, in the first, first quarter, um, which was his career high and the most, I think, for the Nets in about like, 25 years or 26 years or something. Um, he has 34 now. We're, we're just a minute into the second half. So he's obviously playing out of his mind tonight. Um, but, again, from a fantasy perspective, not much. Maybe this is a bit of a sell high if, if you've got him. Um, Dean Witty is a guy that I've had in a few teams, uh, who has been pretty consistent for Dean Witty. Like, he, he's usually very up and down this season, 
Uh, his scoring's a little bit up and down, but with no Ben Simmons there, his assist numbers have been mm-hmm. good. Um, I think you just hold him. And, and Ben Simmons, we got word today that he just had an epidural, which for me is just something I associate with someone who's pregnant. So uh, we're assuming that's <laughs> yeah. not the case and that Ben Simmons isn't pregnant. Um but another two weeks out at least for him. So I don't know. I mean, he's someone I was pretty high on this season. And I guess he's proved me wrong again uh, with another weird random injury. Um, yeah, look, I mean, did you get Simmons? Did you end up getting Simmons anywhere or you, you were smart enough not to? No, I didn't get him anywhere because everybody raises ADP to the point <laughs> where it was you had to pick him in around yeah. pick 100 or in the 90s to get him. And that was just a little bit too early for me. I had my other targets that I liked in that range. So I think I may have gotten him in some mocks, but I, I don't have him on any of my rosters. Yeah, good move. Very smart. <laughs> um, Cam Thomas is back. Um, he's a he's a points guy. He's not available anywhere, um, really. Royce O'Neal, I picked him up in a couple of leagues just as a guy that can – because Finney Smith was out tonight as well. Um, Royce O'Neal, if you remember back to last season, he was – I think he was top 60, top 50 for a while last season. He was scoring. He was getting assists. He was hitting threes. So I've just picked him up, hoping that he'll do that. And, of course, he has three points, two rebounds, and two assists. So not doing a ton of stuff <laughs> tonight. Um, but I'll probably just drop him and, and move on for next week. Uh, on the Magic side of things, Franz Wagner is playing out of his mind at the moment. He's been really good um, the last couple of weeks. Bankero looks really strong. Uh, look, I mean, they're 16 points down. Their winning streak is at nine, I believe. Is that right? Is it yes. eight or nine? nine? It's nine, yeah. So it could come to an end tonight uh, against the Nets. Um, I don't know. Within striking distance, they're only 16 points down, and, and Bridges, as I said, was, was just on fire in that first quarter. I think they were down by about 20 at quarter time. So maybe they can chip this away. Um Cole Anthony has eight points tonight. He he should be rostered as well. Jalen Suggs, someone I want to talk about, who I was well, I've been stupidly high on him for the last couple of years, and he's proved me wrong. He's been injured. He he hasn't played well. He's top seventy, I think, this season roughly. Um, he's one at one point nine steals per game. What have you thought of his performance this season? Obviously, not having Markel Fultz there for the majority of the year has helped, but even well. If and when Fultz comes back, do you think this is sustainable for Suggs? I do. I don't think it's a ton of like volume stats that went up because Markel Fultz went out. Like he was going to get steals regardless of Fultz being there or not. Um, so I don't think that's something that's really impacted by much that Orlando could do unless they move him to the bench, but he's playing too well for that to happen. So yeah, he's a guy I like for the rest of the season. He has been pretty disappointing through his first couple of years in the league. Uh, I really liked him coming out of Gonzaga, but just hasn't quite worked out initially, but it's been much better this season. Um, excited to see what he can keep doing if he's able to stay healthy. And you mentioned Franz Wagner has scored 30 points in uh, three straight games, looking to make it a fourth. Unfortunately, this is back-to-back for Orlando, and I don't think it is for Brooklyn. So Mikhail Bridge is scoring 34-and-a-half, and it being a back-to-back, it's, it's a recipe to get down early. So we'll see if they're able to make a comeback. There's, there's a discussion. I know Josh talks about a lot on his show, and, and I think a few people do. And, and if you look at – maybe it's just because I'm keeping an eye on it a little bit more this season. But in terms of back-to-backs, just in general, it does seem like a lot of teams 
are getting blown out on the the back end of, of that back to back. Um, what are your thoughts on just getting rid of back to backs altogether? Do you think that would help with the issue of rest, uh, lopsided scores, all that sort of stuff? And, and is it doable with the current eighty two game schedule? Or I mean, that's a whole other show that we could do. But what are your thoughts on on that and, and how they might be able to improve that? Um, I think minimizing back-to-backs, or, I mean, eliminating them altogether would be ideal, but I think you'd have to stretch the season out a little bit longer or yeah. cut out some games for that to actually make sense and be able to happen. Um, I think also looking at trying to minimize uh, like four games in five days or five games in seven days when that happens, because uh, that has happened. I don't remember exactly who recently, but I saw a tweet when I was scrolling through news saying a uh, reporter saying that it's five games and seven days for him. And that's tiring. So you couldn't imagine what it's like for the players. So <laughs> I don't remember what team it was, but minimizing games would be ideal, not minimizing, but cutting out a few right now. It's set up that uh, out of conference teams, you play one home, one away. And then in your conference, it's either two home and two away or two and one. I think maybe just dropping it down to two and one in your conference probably cuts out about 10 games an estimate of 10 games. So there are things that can be done, but they're not going to cut down games because then they have less ticket sales, less revenue. So that's probably somebody, uh, somebody that gets paid much more than I do to, to decide that um, exactly how that would work. It's definitely a a difficult situation, but nobody likes back-to-backs except for the team that isn't playing on one because then they get a little bit of an advantage. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's an ongoing discussion. Um, I'll just bring up some more questions. My internet seems to be handling it. And uh, and Mitch uh, thinks that it was simply the fact that I have a Celtics jersey on and my internet couldn't handle the heat and he's not impressed with my $20 purchase of a Blake Griffin jersey. $20 too much. Uh, yeah, look, maybe I concur, but hey, you only live once. I, I was I was probably only going to be in Boston once in my life and I had to get, I had to get something from Boston. So... Uh, all right. Patrick Williams' value in nine cat leagues if Levine and or DeRozan get traded. I'm hesitant to have any confidence that he can sort of be a consistent producer just because he's had opportunity. He's He was starting. I think he's back in the starting lineup now. But for years, he's just been underwhelming. Have you got any faith that he can turn into something? He does because he, he's sort of expecting this huge payday at some point um are you as confident as him or is he just going to be more of a defensive kind of role a little bit like an isaac okoro i guess you could say yeah i think honestly the comparison that i always make in my mind which i don't think ends up lining up perfectly uh is deandre hunter both drafted for overall and consecutive drafts have been yeah. compared to Kawhi leonard and coming out of college and been incredibly disappointing and nowhere near Kawhi leonard um patrick williams is a little bit better at contributing actual defensive stats instead of just playing defense. So that's a little bit of a difference, but I genuinely, I'm not very high on him. I was talking about this earlier, not high, but I think that if they're able to trade away DeMar, Zach Levine, maybe even Vooch, I don't know if they're gonna be able to trade all three, but if they are Patrick Williams is just just gonna have a larger role and a larger volume of shots each game. I think that will actually kind of benefit him. Like as being more involved in the offense. If you look at it, just his basketball monster page last week, he's been a top hundred guy uh, shooting 11 shots per game 
shooting 57.6% during those games, but uh, obviously he's not going to scoot shoot that scorching hot, but having more of a role offensively, I think just seems to be doing wonders for his confidence. And the fact that he's able to produce more while he's on the floor doesn't hurt either. So I don't think he has a ton of upside, but I think his ceiling could be like a top hundred guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Look, that's probably a, about as good as it gets for him top 100. And I think that if you've got a spot, like he's sort of doing enough from if you sort of, I guess if you stretch it out over a, an extended period, he's probably doing enough to be rostered, even though it's a bit uh, inconsistent. So if you want to hold him and just see what happens, and then we've got a, a follow-up question Um do we think that Ayo Desunmu or Andre Drummond are worth stashing? Uh, Drummond, no. Desunmu, uh, I don't think so. Uh, you, do you think differently on those two guys? No, I don't really think they're worth stashing. I don't think that you know if all of the moves are made, Chicago actually does finally blow it up and trade away everyone because they could trade away Levine and DeMar and keep Vooch. Like you haven't really seen Vooch in quite as many trade rumors. So yes, those guys have a chance to play more minutes um, after some trades happen, but I don't think either of them have this tremendous fantasy upside that makes them worth stashing. I think they will be worth picking up once trades happen, but I'm not going to probably burn a roster spot on them. Yeah, and I, and I wouldn't think, I mean, Dasunmu, I guess you could make a case he's still pretty young, so maybe they want to see what they've got in him. But Drummond, I mean, they're not, I don't think they're ever going to prioritize him as Mm-mm. their go to center. Um, the whole nar- narrative of of, um, of getting him out there and building up his trade value, showcasing him, that sort of thing. I mean, teams know who Andre Drummond is and what he does. They don't, by playing yeah. him 30 minutes a night, you're not telling anyone anything they don't know. He got, um, I think he played like 16 minutes the other night and had 14 rebounds. Like, it doesn't take much for him to go out there and grab a bunch of rebounds. No. So they don't have to, like, everybody knows that he can he can grab boards. I actually do have um, another thing. Jamal Murray just got ruled out a few minutes ago. So that means we'll probably get another start from Reggie Jackson tonight. He's been really good over his last two starts. I think he had 20 points last night and the previous start, which was the one before Jamal Murray came back and got hurt again. Uh, he had the huge 35.13 assist game. Uh, where it was him and DeAndre Jordan turning back the clock a little bit. Is he a guy that you're prioritizing as a streaming option? Yeah, look, I think so. He, he was really good. If As long as Murray's out, I think I put it in one of my nightly wraps. If if Murray's mm-hmm. out, add Jackson. I think it's a fairly simple sort of one-for-one swap. Uh, he's not going to be as good. Well, other than that, that weird throwback game with DeAndre Jordan, he's not going to be <laughs> as good as Jamal Murray, but he'll do enough to be rostered. So I think if he's available... Murray's out with an ankle injury, so yeah. he's had a pretty bad run of luck this season. Um, yeah, look, I think you just add Jackson, and, and once Murray's coming back, then you then you drop Jackson. Um, we have got some more questions. We'll just quickly have a look at some of these live games that are happening. Uh, Paces in the Heat, no Halliburton tonight, so he 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 was out. So Nembhard started. Um, Look, we've got Matt Matherin's an interesting guy. I listed him last night in my uh, – I had a, a list of guys that I was relatively high on in terms of a last-round pick and, and have been busts, and, and Matherin's probably top of that list. He's got 10 points tonight in eight minutes. Um, 
Buddy Heald has been starting. Are you holding Matherin anywhere? Stupidly, I am. Um, because, and I think it's just because I've forgotten to drop him, or I, I haven't. <laughs> I still see him as a guy with upside of of like eighteen points a night with three threes. He he hasn't done it yet, but I I see that upside, and then I look at my waiver wire and go, I just don't see anyone that can do that. Um, mm-hmm. In the meantime, I could have streamed a few people in and probably got a lot more production. But do you think he? Do you think he ends up? This season, sort of getting back into the starting lineup, do they trade Heald? Uh, what, what's his outlook? Yeah, I think uh, moving Buddy Heald back in the starting lineup or into the starting lineup definitely limited Mathern's value. But Heald hasn't been quite as good the last couple of games. Um, but I think he kind of fits in with their high-powered offense. Not really going to play defense at all, just spacing the floor. Uh, he fits in with that. Mathern's still more than capable of scoring. I just don't know if he's really providing value in other areas. He's not a guy that I have anywhere, um, but he's also probably not a guy that I'm ready to drop at this point just because like, if he moves back into the starting lineup, that's going to help his value. And there's no guarantee that Buddy Heald stays in the starting lineup or isn't traded within the next couple of months. I mean, the Pacers are in the playoff hunt. like They're not taking like last year. Um, so I don't think it's going to be somewhere they're selling him off for nothing or for picks, but I think Mathurin still has a chance to get back in the starting lineup. It's just a matter of when. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and it, yeah, it is hard to know. The paces are sort of positioned in the middle at the moment. So they, they, their season could sort of go one of two ways, I guess. Um, they're hard to know. Like I said, I am holding him, but I, that doesn't mean I'm necessarily recommending holding him. It was just laziness on my part, probably. Um, the Halliburton injury, look, I don't think it's anything no. long-term. I think this probably has more to do with the fact that they've got their in-season tournament quarterfinal coming up and they want Halliburton to be right for that. If Halliburton's out, I guess McConnell has some streaming value. Nembhard probably has some streaming value. But I, as I said, I don't think that's the case. Um, on the Heat side, and the Heat are up by six here early in the second quarter. Um, yeah, look, I mean, Duncan Robinson's back. He, he's been surprising this season. I think most of us are probably surprised. I think we we thought he was probably not done, but he was almost out of the rotation last season. And uh, no Tyler Hero has obviously helped him, um, but he's been able to find a way to score again. Um, are we just holding him until Hero's back? And, and once Hero's back, do you think he can sustain any kind of 12-team value? Probably not in 12-team leagues. I think he is definitely benefiting from that opportunity uh, with Hero being out. He, he'll probably still be able to obviously give you threes, and he's played well enough to give you value in other categories. But I think just the lack of opportunity or, or volume of ball-handling opportunities – uh, when Tyler Hero's back, another guy that's going to have the ball, going to shoot, going to play minutes. So probably not enough for a 12-team, maybe in some sort of deeper format that I would be okay holding him. Uh, but that's probably something where when Tyler Hero's back, I'm giving him a couple of games to kind of see how this looks uh, because Jaime Hawkes has been awesome as well. So is it going to be – I mean, Josh Richardson's been doing – he's had a few good games. So what does their kind of perimeter wing rotation look like uh, when they're fully healthy. That's something that we'll just have to wait and see, but it probably isn't enough minutes to go around for all of them to be able to be productive. 
Yeah, and, and just one final thing on the, the heat. Bam Adebayo, I think, has been ruled out for the next two games. So mm-hmm. he was out tonight. He's out for the next game. Orlando Robinson is someone I'd consider picking up. He, he's only got four, three and three tonight in nine minutes. But he's starting. I think that's the first positive. They're, they're starting him over Thomas Bryant, which all of us have been calling for for a while. He, he's much better from a fantasy perspective. If you need a centre uh, for the the next night or next game, um, then Robinson would be someone I'd look at. Um, I don't think this Adebayo injury is anything serious. I think it was just an ongoing thing that flared up in the, the last game when he took a knock. So they're probably just playing it sort of safe here and giving him, given the extended schedule over the next week, um, I don't know, there might be a chance he, he doesn't play either game next week just because, again, that would give him sort of a week and a half, like nine days or ten days rest and only missing three games. So I I just – I've got him in one of my leagues and, and I'm sort of – no, I don't know if worried is the right word, but that could happen. Um, what are your – do you think Robinson is worth a look just if, if you do need a centre and as long as Bam is out? Yeah, I think he is uh, worth a look. And if I'm not mistaken, are the Heat playing in the in-season tournament? I'm trying to remember everybody that is uh, actually has advanced. It's it's Milwaukee, Boston, Indiana. Who's the other team? Is it Miami? Uh, Knicks. It's the Knicks. Never mind. So they scratch that entire point. There's no benefit to uh, having um, Orlando Robinson from that perspective, but I still think um, there is definitely some upside. Um, It's just kind of tough because those two games that if he doesn't play um, will be games or days that have 11 games and 13 games. So will he be worth the stream over other guys that you may start? It's kind of hard to say. Uh, All right. Just brought up this next game, uh, Hawks and Bucks, which is a high-scoring, close game. Bucks are up by a point uh, with about two minutes left. I'm just going to bring up some more stuff. So a quick question. This sort of goes back to what we were talking about earlier, but um, Mitch has put uh, Suggs most improved this season. Thoughts? Look, I think he's in the discussion. Um, I don't... I don't think he gets it. I just think these awards tend to tend to same with six man of the year. They tend to go to guys that are scoring a lot, um, and and like Suggs is he's obviously been really good this season, but he's never going to be more than sort of a thirteen point scorer, fourteen point scorer. Someone like Cam Thomas, who's going for 30, 35, I think he's probably more in line to get an award like that. What is that? Sort of, am I on track there, or do you think that Suggs could be in the running for the award? No, I think it, especially recently, has definitely changed into more of a player finally breaking out, even if it is in year three. Like it, it's kind of lost the aura I think that it had maybe like ten years ago. Like when guys like Paul George and Giannis won it, like it wasn't oh year three after being a top five pick breakout season, yay. Like that's kind of expected. It was more unexpected breakouts. So honestly, if we're looking at Suggs, like I don't even think that he is most in line for it on his team. Like I think Franz Wagner has a stronger case to be most improved simply because of like the scoring, like you said, like he's been on a tear even more so recently. So I'm assuming his scoring average is just going to continue to rise. I think he 
on that team probably has the best case to win it, but I don't think it'll be anyone from that team. I think that there are other guys around the league that have stronger cases. Cam Thomas is obviously going to be in the conversation the entire season as long as he's able to maintain kind of what he's been doing so far. I'm just going to bring this one up and, and sort of jumping around in the questions, but something that Mitch put in about seasons should be 59 games, play every team twice. Look, perfect world maybe, but we know that's not going to happen because of money. Um and ticket sales and revenue and all that sort of stuff. But, yeah, look, I think having 60, I'd probably max out at about 70 games. Um, so what have you got, 14 teams in your conference? So if you went 59, um, well, it should be 58. It'd be 58, I think. It would be 58. Yeah. Come on, Mitch, do your maths. should be 58. <laughs> and then if you add in the 14, like if you play every team in your conference three times and in yeah. the opposite conference – then it would be 72. I think right. 72 would be a good number because um, then you could probably do basically three games a week, every week, mm -hmm. um, and probably eliminate back-to-backs. I think most teams have sort of 12 back-to-backs, something around that Yeah, that it's like 12, uh, 14 or 15. Yeah, so look, maybe it would mean extending the season by a week. Um, but, yeah, if you could get rid of back-to-backs, be, that would be great. Um, this was a dynasty one, and, and it was a, it was it was to Mitch, uh, who's taking over our show. But <laughs> someone just um, actually no, hang on, it wasn't that one. Uh, oh, was it that way? We no, here we go. Sorry, I was jumping all over the place. Uh, would you take Jabari Smith for a first pick in a dynasty league? You're sort of the resident dynasty expert on on this show, at least. Um, what are your thoughts there on, on Jabari for a first rounder? In a vacuum, I think there's another one that says that there's 12 teams in the league. So in a vacuum, probably not. Um, would depend on how early the first is going to be, but this is a pretty weak class coming up. Obviously, there are going to be players that work out, but I think that there isn't there isn't a Wemby. Obviously, but that's not going to happen in many classes, but there isn't like a top-tier prospect that I've seen that it's like, okay, like I'm going to tank and get this guy. Like I'm not saying that for any of these players in this upcoming class so i probably wouldn't unless it's a guaranteed very early first um in which case i'd consider it but i think you know jabari smith hasn't been great but i think he's shown flashes um, i wouldn't be ready to jump ship on him quite so quickly uh just for one first round pick yeah and i think mitch is, is sort of they're having a bit of a chat here but it looks like mitch sort of concurs with you there oh, yeah. um looks like the pick will be pick six uh between six and ten the range of six to ten so oh yeah um yeah so i think it, they've sort of said a no there um let me move that off so just quickly as i said this almost half time in the hawks bucks game bucks are up by two uh trey young looks like he's maintaining his pretty strong production from the last few weeks he's got 20 yeah. and six um basically at half time dejounte 18 uh as well really doing all of the damage. Sadiq Bay has one point. So that's great for, for my teams where I've got uh, Sadiq <laughs> Bay. Um, DeAndre Hunter, eight points with basically nothing else. We know this is what he does. He, he'll get you some points, doesn't do much else. Uh, he'll be red hot. He'll go ice cold. Both he and Bay, I think, are, are must-roster players in standard leagues while um, Jalen Johnson is out. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I think until Jalen Johnson comes back, I mean, he's probably 
Is he the third most appealing fantasy option in Atlanta right now? Probably behind Trey and Deshante. Would you say? Yeah, well, I know in terms of rank he is. Um, yeah, because yeah, I would he, take him over Capella and Akongwu right now. So. Yeah, I think so. Bogdanovich has been quietly really good this season. Um, yeah. And, I mean, we know what we know he can do this, but, again, he, he is a little bit reliant on, on points. Um, he's got eight points tonight in 13 minutes. Okongwu, we get a lot of questions about him. Should we hold him? Should we drop him? Just because his role probably hasn't transpired as we had hoped. So 12 minutes tonight, uh, three points, two rebounds, an assist. Is he uh, – are you holding him? Like that? I generally say to people you need to just hold him and see what happens, but um, I would understand if you needed to drop him as well. Yeah, it's tough because neither him or Capella has seen enough minutes to be consistent. I think Capella has been better. I, I mean, you can look at the numbers and tell that, but I think just from being able to start, uh, he's been worth holding for sure. Okongwu, it's, you know, the opportunity hasn't been there. I wouldn't blame anybody for cutting him at this point and just trying to find somebody that's going to produce now. Of course, that's going to happen and then – Capella will get traded or get hurt, and then Okongwu is going to be thrust into 32 minutes a night and a BA league winner. So that's just the way it goes. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't blame anybody either way for either holding him or dropping him. I don't think that there's a good answer just because he was a guy I really liked coming into the season, but he just has been pretty disappointing. Uh, jump over to the Bucks quickly and then go and have a look at that last game. Um, yeah. Portis is someone that I actually streamed in tonight. Um and, and I just needed some some points and some rebounds, and he's got 13 points, four rebounds in 10 minutes. I figured playing against the Hawks, um, he would he would have <laughs> yeah. an opportunity to score. Um, Malik Beasley's been quietly productive this season, uh, someone that I've, I've managed to add in some slightly deeper leagues. Do you think he's someone that can be rostered rest of season? Yeah, I mean, he's going to continue to start, hit threes, um, Anything else he does is just kind of random occurrences, but the main thing is going to be the three-pointers. Is that enough for him to be worth rostering in a standard league? Kind of depends. I mean, it'll be inconsistent, but he's a guy I don't have an issue rostering for the rest of the season, but he's not a guy where I'm like, okay, like make sure he's not on your waiver wire because you need to have Malik Beasley on your team. Like he's good, but he's not must roster. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just picked him up for threes, really, some points yeah. and and maybe a steal a game, and, and he's been doing that so far. Um, so this game, also halftime, Pelicans and Bulls. Pelicans are up by eight. No CJ McCollum in this one because he wasn't allowed to travel with the team yeah. um, uh, on the, on the, the airplane because of the, the whole um, lung thing that he had. Uh, he will be playing in the next game. Uh, having a look down their box score, it's it's pretty much the bench that's been doing all the damage here. Um, Dyson Daniels moved back into the starting lineup, which I guess we would have expected with no CJ. Uh, Zion eleven three and two, Ingram eleven five and three. Against someone like the Bulls, they're they're, they're going to have a lot of good looks. Bulls aren't a, a super defensive team. Um, despite having Caruso and Patrick Williams. So they have got some good defenders. Uh, yeah, look, I don't know. Scrolling through, looking there, Jordan Hawkins is someone that I you picked him up. Now you can drop him. Um, you might have streamed him in just for today, but 
beyond that, I think he's just a drop, as is Dyson Daniels, sadly, despite the fact he, he looks like he's having a decent game tonight. Um, they're healthy. Is there any value outside of um, Ingram, Zion, Jonas, Herb Jones, uh, and probably Trey Murphy, who's also out for this game? Outside of those, I don't know. For me, there's no one really worth rostering. No, not long-term. Um, I have been streaming Dyson Daniels for a couple of weeks, held on to him for this game. I'll probably uh, move on after this one. Jordan Hawkins, kind of the same. I had him streaming in a league for a little bit. With Trey Murphy back, CJ McCollum back, those two guys just get pushed down the pecking order. We'll still see minutes and have some good games now and again, but it's not going to be consistent enough for them to be worth rostering. Jose Alvarado unless you just absolutely need a steal or two, then there's no reason to roster him. Uh, same thing, Cody Zeller, Najee Marshall, just solid depth pieces. Jeremiah, Jeremiah Robinson Earl isn't always in the rotation. So, yeah, no, the five starters um, and Trey Murphy, I mean, there aren't many teams in the league that have six guys that are must rosters. No. So that's already a lot as it is. There isn't just enough minutes to go around. No, and for the Bulls, I mean, we talked about Patrick Williams um, and and Kobe White, who who's not having a great game tonight, three, five, and one in seventeen minutes. But prior to this, he'd been rolling. Um, so I think you just give him a pass if if this does end up being a, a pretty bad game. Um, yeah, look, I mean, there's some stash potential here, depending on what they do with DeRozan and Levine, and but I'm not, I don't know, I don't know who it will be because you don't know who's coming back in a trade for starters. And there's no real clear player here that you would say, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, look, if DeRozan goes, this guy's going to go into 35 minutes because they don't really have a lot of young guys on their roster that are just waiting for that opportunity. Um, for me, yeah, unless unless there's someone that I, I'm sort of overlooking, um, Dale and Terry is always someone that I've, just monitor to see what his role looks like. But is there any upside, clear upside, if, if players are traded for Chicago? It depends on who and how many players are traded. Um, it's just kind of hard to say at this point. I think the guys that have a chance uh, would be Ayo Desumu, uh Kobe White, Patrick Williams, and then maybe – if he's if Andre Drummond sticks around and Vooch is traded and they just don't have anybody else to play at center, then yes. But other than that, like there's not a lot going for Chicago, which is kind of why they're in the position they are. It's not like, oh, we just need to move on from these guys and we have a clear direction. Like the reason that they haven't blown it up yet is because they don't really have a clear direction after that. So it's gonna be probably a fairly long rebuild for them. Um just not a lot of excitement outside of a handful of guys that maybe have a little bit of upside. Yeah, look, so before I let you go and before I go and have something to eat, I'll just quickly run through the the, the games that are getting close to ending. Uh, Cleveland yeah. have righted the ship. That, oh God, that's bad English. Um, and, and are leading Detroit now. So Detroit looking for their 16th, 16th straight defeat. Is that where we landed on? I um, believe so. Yeah, okay, that's great. Um, so Cleveland, yeah, look, they have got back on top there. You would assume that they will end up winning here. Um, it'll be it'll be seventeen for Detroit. 
Seventeenth. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, Garland <laughs> has has ended up with a pretty nice game, um, as has Jared Allen, and once again Max Struess, uh, proving us all wrong and and showing that he has the ability to do other things. Um, Cade has had a good game. Bogdanovich, twenty points in his first game back in twenty five minutes. Um, I guess if you've got him, um, congratulations. He's not going <laughs> to score twenty every game, but. Um, what he has done is cut into some other guys. Asar Thompson has only played 16 minutes and has four and seven, uh, five fouls. Maybe that has factored in here. I'm not 100% sure when he picked up those fouls, but uh, Jaden Ivey, seven, two and one in 26 minutes. Killian Hayes uh, actually has 13, six and three. So maybe the prefer, maybe we're going back to Killian Hayes here. If you've got Ivy, maybe you just drop him and pick up Hayes and see what happens. Um, any final thoughts on that game before I flick over? Yeah, uh, Jay Nivey shooting two for seven, pretty poor shooting night and poor all around. Kate is shooting seven for 18. Um, I think that's just kind of, it's almost like a, a Trey Young thing where even if yeah. he's putting up big numbers, like he hasn't had many turnovers in this game, but the field goal percentage is bad. The turnovers are generally bad for him. Um, but the other numbers kind of help make up for it. Um, Cleveland's weird. Let's see, Donovan Mitchell's shooting six for 18. Right now, like Evan Mobley has been a pretty good scorer as of late. He only has five shot attempts. It's the same five guys, and then sometimes another guy or two. Um, and then it just kind of rotates like who's playing well. So it, it's nice for them. It's kind of hard for fantasy managers to kind of know who to rely on all the time. Karis Lever, excuse me, that's actually Isaac Okoro, um, because Karis Lever isn't playing, uh, has nine, seven, four, and five steals. So that's pretty. Pretty good game for him. Yeah, look, that's that's what he is. He's a defensive guy, a little bit like a Lou Dort, though. He's he's a really good defensive player, but it doesn't always translate to fantasy. Um, right. Same with with Lou Dort. So he's going to play minutes, but you pick him up, and like tonight you get five steals, and then you might not get a steal for the next two games. Um, it looks like the Nets are sort of maintaining this fifteen point lead uh, over the Magic, so that first quarter is going to end up dictating the game really and miles bridges after 26 or i think it was 26 wasn't it or 28 in the first yeah. quarter um has 35 in the fourth quarter so he really hasn't done much no. since then um dennis smith uh double double 10 and 10 with six assists in 16 minutes so wow. there's probably two, two a guy steals that, in a block as well yeah you probably didn't stream him in um nope. but he's we know he can do this. I mean, he was good last year in Charlotte uh, when Lamelo and, and Rosie were out. He had his own ankle things that he was dealing with, but he was a really good streamer for periods last season. So 16 minutes isn't enough. Um, this is obviously an outlier in terms of production, but he's, he is someone just to monitor if, if Dinwiddie was to go down with an injury or, or something like that and he could get up to 25 minutes, he'd be worth streaming in. And uh, As I said, Royce O'Neill, three... Six and five, you can probably see his defensive stats there if he's got any any uh, steals or blocks for me. Just just one block. One block. Okay. <laughs> um, and Dinwiddie, 22, three and three. So another pretty decent game uh, for him as well. So that will be, I don't know, that'll bring us to an end, I think. Um, we've got halftime in, in the other three games. These games are basically done. As I said, this is going to be a weekly show, I hope. Uh, it's really just talking about what's happening, taking questions, um, just hanging out, 
really another excuse to talk about fantasy basketball and Always. maybe avoid avoid my family. I don't know. No, no, <laughs> I can't say that. No. Um, and uh, <laughs> yeah, so no. Look, thanks for coming on for the for the first one. Um, I'm just going to cycle through guests. Um, you've got your show. You're you're after a week off. You're back. Yeah. Uh, you released a show like yesterday or the day before, I think. Um, yep, it was yesterday. What are your so? Tank Me Later is your show. It's part of our podcast network. What have you got? Like, what are your sort of plans for the next, I don't know, month? Have you got topics or is it just play it by ear and see what's current? Uh, right now, we are just trying to take it week by week, um, get through kind of the holidays and the new year. And then I'm probably going to have more of a plan moving forward as far as getting guests on regularly, having specific topics to talk about. Uh, start looking at the draft a little bit and some players to keep an eye out on because can't start doing that too early. Um, yeah, right now I'm just trying to come up with a topic of the week, a little bit of dynasty, dynasty uh, buy low and sell high guys, um, as well as just look at some rookies, talk about Jordan Poole in Chicago, what to do there. So it's just kind of like a nice hodgepodge of whatever I uh, think of to talk about. But in uh, January, it'll, it should be more of a plan uh, with hopefully some more guests. Yeah, and I think that's much the same for my show. Like I'm, I'm not looking at stopping content um, over the break or anything like that. Uh, I talked with um, with Zach. I don't know if it was on our show earlier in the week or whether it was before we went on air, but our our Christmas time is structured very different to mm. to you in the states. So we we basically get two weeks off work, um, paid leave over the Christmas New Year break. Um, our kids are all off school until February, so this is our long break uh, for, for them. So there might be some timing issues because I'm going to have to be looking after them and doing some things, but the content will keep coming. NBA doesn't stop. Um, Boxing Day that's here not. is one of my favourite days of the year because that's when we get all the Christmas night, Christmas Day mm. games, um, oh, yeah. which are back-to-back-to-back to back to back so five yep. there's no no doubling up uh so starting from about 4 a.m i think in the morning our time um through to sort of five in the afternoon it's just nba for 13 hours um head out to my friend's place have a barbecue have some beers it's uh yeah that's that's normally how we spend our boxing day so i'm looking forward to it um and and i'll probably have you on the show during the holidays yep. i might come on your show as well um definitely talk about something i don't know what uh we'll any final thoughts before i let you get out of here no man thank you uh so much for having me for the uh inaugural episode of this kind of live nba watching and talking about fantasy basketball whatever we call it but it was a lot of fun so thanks for having me no worries at all hopefully my internet holds up next time that was, <laughs> that was weird i don't know what happened there but anyway you kept it going true professional um <laughs> That will do it for today's show. Uh, remember, you can check out all of our content over at fbibasketball.com. Uh, head over to our YouTube channel where we are now and like and subscribe. Uh, we're on uh, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts as well. And until next time, catch up. You just listened to another episode from the Fantasy Basketball International Podcast Network. Thanks for joining us. And for more information about joining our community, please check out our website at fbibasketball.com.